What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am your host, Brett McGrath, and I lead marketing at The Juice, and I host this podcast about how we can push our brands forward with new ideas. Been waiting to share this conversation for a couple weeks now. I think it's really important to get the perspective of the CMO from time to time to understand how the CMO thinks about how all the pieces work together. That's why I've got Doug Bell on. He is a CMO for Chief Outsiders. We've had a really good time chatting, getting to know each other and understanding philosophy. So I thought he'd be good to bring on to talk about how the CMO thinks about the ROI of your content program. We are hosting how to answer what's the ROI of our content marketing program on March 9th. Amazing group. We'll put a link in the show notes. Sign up. We've got Thomas from Storyblock and Rita from Superside, Sangram for GTM Partners, and Nate from 10Speed. You're not going to want to miss that. So we're going to continue the conversation or start the conversation here right now. Hopefully you're ready for this. Hopefully you're pumped that it's Friday. I know I am. Let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Uh, Welcome back to the show. Excited for this conversation. So often we talk about what our CMOs are thinking and we don't do a good enough job of bringing them on the show. I try to every once in a while bring one on to talk about topics that a lot of marketers are thinking about. And I think this one is of one of those, which is what is the ROI of our content programs and how does a CMO think about it? And so we're going to dig into that today. I'm joined by Doug Bell. He is the chief marketing officer at Chief Outsiders, and he is the host of the Revenue Generator podcast. Doug, excited to have you on. How are you today? Uh, Brett, good. Uh, really good. Uh, thanks for the shout out to the RGP podcast. Yeah, no, I had we had a blast. Uh, you decided to bring me on and talk about two of my favorite topics and yeah, at the end of it, I was like, this was such a fun conversation. Um, uh, you know, you've got, you wear the CMO hat. A lot of people want to hear what CMOs are thinking about from a content perspective. And you're a CMO who creates content. So felt like, uh, let's continue the conversation a little bit. Yeah, rock and roll. I'm excited to dig in more, especially because I feel like uh, so much of the marketing organization and its budgets are under pressure right now. And I think one of those places can get really wobbly really fast is content and investing in content. Absolutely. So maybe we start there just like the CMO perspective on the role of content during this moment in our industry. I have felt, whether it's the LinkedIn posts, you know, own budgets getting cut back, that content is an easy target, right? Uh, You create content and it doesn't necessarily translate to revenue right away. So I think a lot of content marketers are feeling a little heat on, you know, like, am I okay in my role? Because I can't tie this work back to pipeline right now, or I'm trying to unsuccessfully. So maybe like, how do you think about that? Just with when the heat is on, when pressure is on, like, how are you thinking about content? Yeah, I'll just say more broadly, you know, this is a cycle that just will repeat again and again. And that cycle meaning pressure on marketing budgets when there's a downturn. We're we're sort of in a recession, but sort of not. If you're in tech, we're in a recession. Uh, so we're all feeling that pressure, especially as 2022 turned into 2023 and those budget cycles completed. I think we were all sitting there with less budget than we had anticipated, right? So we're having to make adjustments. Here's a few ways I would tend to think about it. The first, and I'm just going to throw out some some data and some studies that are some are really well known, less some are less well known. The one I like to quote the most is Gartner, and what Gartner has studied for years is how much exposure do salespeople get as a part of the selling process. 
And that number is down. I think, Brett, it's less than 17% of the selling process is exposed to sellers, right? Well, what does that mean? That means that marketers are more responsible for more of the selling process than they ever have been. McKinsey did a really good study where they did a before and after picture before uh, the pandemic and after the pandemic. And those tendencies that Gartner had studied only accelerated, meaning more of the buyer's journey is occurring online and more of the buyer's journey is really in the wheelhouse of marketers now, which gets us back to content, right? Content at the end of the day is the thing that services those buyer's journeys. And so the way that I would think about it right now is, uh, and I think we'll dig into ROI and talk about how to justify some of that spend. But the way to think about it now is you're in many ways replacing sales resources in the buyer's journey. The sales resources are quite often, you know, really awesome SDRs, SDR teams go SDRs, right? Really important a component of our sales and marketing arms, but they're expensive at the end of the day, even, you know, uh, even just one person in Silicon Valley, that's hundred K in comp, right? So Think of it that way over time that you're replacing personnel who otherwise would be helping kind of process content. And the final bit I'll put on here, so I'm not just going on a run-on rant for you, (laughs) Brett, is to say, then that actually, if you start thinking about why your content's important, it's not just top of funnel anymore. It's not just about great conversation. We had about, hey, content distribution methodologies. It's about how does my content help that buyer better navigate the journey? And then if we even kick it up a bit more, how am I engaging with my community? Really, which is what the podcasts are about. So my perspective is this, use your content to uh, help your executive team and your CMO understand that you're responsible for the buyer's journey, more of it than you ever have been. And content is the the thing that gets it done. So I hear you loud and clear, and I every point you just made, I couldn't agree uh, more. I think um, there are content marketers that are in their roles currently who see that they listen to you, who are listening to the show. They they see that, but I think they're struggling to maybe tie that those individual outputs into the buyer's journey because maybe the marketing organization isn't as mature or maybe it's run one way for so long and it's seen success, but it hasn't adapted to the new way of going to market. I guess just like based on what you just said, um, is there a way that that individual who might be struggling, who sees it, but maybe can't push that forward within their organization should be thinking or communicating with their internal stakeholders? Yeah. Wow. Um, well, if you don't have a buyer's journey to attach to either because you're just really small or maybe the organization's not where it needs to be, no excuses, folks. You need to get that buyer's journey together. And you can you can do that through um, asking your customers how they arrived at your doorstep, right? You can start instituting um, uh, win-loss or you can get your sales team just ask how people heard about you, like what materials they consume. It takes three minutes to put it in CRM. You'll start accumulating that data and get close to a buyer's journey. So if you're without the buyer's journey, small, like your one-person team, right? It's a five-person team. I talked to a lot of companies like this. One way to think about this is rather than necessarily needing to parse everything out to each stage of the buyer's journey, look at it just in terms of one simple metric. And the metric I like to use, and again, this is just top of funnel, but it's really important. It's what's your cost per visit for organic versus your cost per visit for paid? And it's just such a, I mean, Brett, I can see you shaking your head. It's such a simple metric, right? It is, hey, my content produces this much organic traffic. And by the way, if you want to see that effect, stop publishing content. You see your organic traffic go whoop, right? I don't care how good your content distribution is. 
At the end of the day, your website's going to be the kind of the container for that content. And so that's the way to think about it. And then the other way to do it, if you really want to get sophisticated here, is to think about incremental cost for traffic to the site. What's your incremental cost for a visitor for paid versus organic? It's just one way to, to think about it. So, you know, Brett, that, that's sort of this cheat that I would use for those, you know, that, hey, I'm the one content marketer on the team. I want to justify more spend next year. That's how to do it. I feel like so often too, that's so, uh, it, it was a good reminder to me to listen to you talk through that because often it's like, we want to communicate like the, we were talking football, like the, the, the Madden playbook and confuse everyone. And it's very complex when we should just scale it back to tech mobile. Like what's the one or two plays that you can use and then communicate back the results. So data yourself, uh, yourself. (laughs) I am, I am. Uh, But I want to talk about just like, you're a CMO, but you're also a creator, right? You publish a podcast that uh, goes out early and often. And I'm just curious, like you obviously value content and its role based on your the time, energy, investment you're putting into it. Like maybe what are some of the reasons why? Well, content broadly, we talked a bit, a bit about, but it's, uh, I have to say, I've been a content marketer and SEO at heart really since I started my career in marketing, right? It's It's been it has been such a boom for B2B marketers and content marketing has generated so much revenue, so much interest, all of those things. And everybody else figured that out too. You know, it was a, sort of like this cool thing. Now I'm dating myself in the mid 2000s, like, wow, they white papers and really well-written content that's, you know, set up for search and look at all the traffic they're getting. And now people are competing for keywords. Everybody figured it out. We're not dumb, right? Marketers get it. We get in there, we get it done. What the podcast does, and we'll say, Brett, you've got a podcast. I'm on it right now. It's 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 a work, right? It's it's um, you know, it's, it's not like sitting down and writing a blog post, which can take time, but it's work, right? Got to get that guest on board. You got to get edit the content. You got to think about what you're going to talk about. You got to distribute it, right? It's work. There's a couple of things I would I would sort of put out there for you. The first is really I feel like in B2B marketing we have two audiences as marketers that we need to be able to reach. Uh, and we're going to broadly define them as the community we serve and then our customers. And customers for me include current people that are paying me and people that are going to pay us in the future, right? Those are the customers. Podcasts do a really wonderful job of allowing you to communicate to both of those audiences, but particular to the community, which is really who we're talking to right now, right? We're talking to the people that aren't necessarily showing up to buy something from, say, Lean Data or you know, join up with Chief Outsiders and get some consulting help from them. Or, you know, hanging out with the juice to really solve some of the content problems they have. They're tuning in because guess what? They're worried about the ROI of their content right now. So Pratt, what we're doing is we're talking to that community, right? And by the way, we've been doing this for a while. You dated yourself, right? We've been doing it long enough that we have that expertise to share. And by the way, we're also participating in the community. And one other thing I'm going to say here, Brett, for anybody that's thinking about being a podcast host, I have learned so much, so much from being a podcast host because I get to get on with people like you, right? That add a whole new perspective that know things that I can't possibly ever know, right? So if you're thinking about this as a leader of marketing, do it right now just for that. You are staying on top. But I would say that the final word on this for me is just absolutely, it is such a great way to have a voice in the community and contribute without shilling your product. 
podcast inception. I love these conversations where we're talking about podcasting while we're podcasting. Um, <laughs> let's let's maybe uh, talk a little bit about just the investment side. So I think, you know, I'm sure you're the same way, Doug, you open up your LinkedIn feed and not a day goes by where there's the big tech company cutting jobs. Uh, people are uh, doing more with less is another theme I continue to hear. And so I think about this and just based on economic impact, the times are changing, like content, like if we're in a content role, what's happening in our world? So I is from a CMO perspective, do you view this as a time to invest more on the content side as other people are pulling stuff back? Or is content something that you're, you think that we should maybe not invest so much like we were a year or two years ago, just trying to get your perspective on the CMO side and how you think about it. Well, I have to say the way that I would think about this right now is um, it's not just any other year, Brad, right? I mean, I I know each year is different. We have different forces in the marketplace and I'm not mentioning the recession. Uh, Again, very present for tech. It's not just another year because we're beginning a transition uh, for web content and the way that people access content because because of generative AI, okay? And I know everybody listening in has heard about it and you haven't used ChatGPT. It's one of many models you're going to see out there, right? And from my perspective, not to get in the flying car here, right? You know, the future of the flying, like we're going to be in flying cars and AI is going to solve all our problems. So let me just step into it for a moment if I can. But the, the way to think about it is your ability as a content marketer just got amplified because of generative AI, your ability to research, your ability to strengthen your voice, your power as a content developer just got magnified for text, right? For written content. Um, and I think what you're going to see is this sort of wrestling of CMOs with, well, do I need content people? Yeah. The answer is yeah, by the way. And then what role does, does something like chat GPT or generative AI, and by the way, this applies to graphic design as well, Right. And I think what we're going to find is you're going to get a lot of marketers kind of rushing to the middle and producing generative AI content that sounds the same. And this is where back to the podcast, and by the way, back to diversity of content and to this word, you're going to hear a lot, which is authenticity, right? So we're going to crank out a lot more content that's going to rank better because of generative AI, but the ones that are going to win, the content marketer is going to win. And, and I'm going to tell you, Brad, I'm going to tell you, there's this whole group of former journalists that are out there right now going, thank you for saying this, but I think you folks, you're a great spot because you understand how to do the research and how to have an authentic voice for a brand. I think those are going to be the people that are more important, or sorry, not more important, but are going to actually be able to jump ahead of this. The other thing I'm going to mention is we have to start thinking about content in its simplest form, which is text. And I think this forces us to be in a spot, generative AI, where our content pyramid changes significantly. And what's at the top right now, what's at the top for most companies right now? They would be text, right? Starting to see more video. By the way, brilliant TikTok video stuff that's coming out by marketers. Love it. Video's got to be at the top. And I got to tell you, podcast content's going to go right below it. And then text is going to be after that, is my guess. So it was a, a bit of an all-encompassing answer, Brett. But that, that's how I'm looking at this right now. I think it's more important than it's ever been. And I think content marketers, it's going to be churny and frothy and sucky for a while but you're going to come out in the end. We have a new rule on Modern Day Marketer that whenever, without my prompting, whenever uh, the guest organically brings up AI, I ask the follow-up question. And so you're you're going to get it. This happened this morning on a conversation. So you're going to get it. What What is the balance between 
the human element and the AI element. And I know it's early, but we're all thinking about this. Like, what do you think the balance is between both of those things? I have not been able to apply this yet, but the the number I'm starting with is one and a half. And let me explain what that means. I believe that generative AI should increase productivity and authenticity per content marketer by 50%. So it is not a replacement for content marketers. I think it is that sidecar, right? But I'm also looking at it and saying, you know, I, I, I was planning on hiring two more staff members as an example. I'm not, but I'm just saying if I were, I'd be looking at how to use AI, not just not just ChatGPT. There's a lot like Otter AI is amazing mm. for transcription, right? There's a, bu- a bunch of uh, graphic. I'm not going to quote everybody, but Jasper is another one I would look at too, folks. I would begin saying, how do I integrate these as tools to make my content marketing team more efficient? But that's that's what's in my head right now. I can get 50% more productivity. But the key for me is like, don't produce the same thing everybody else is producing. I need you to think about your ability to be authentic. And that means research and establishing a voice. I love it. I'm gonna, I've already have this idea of taking all these responses from all the guests on Modern Day Marketer when it comes to AI and stringing them together and doing something with it. So uh I I I love the perspective. I what I what I'm curious is digging into is just like measurement and measurement of our content. And maybe this gets into like the ROI of it all, but like you've kind of shared your philosophy on why you think content is important, but then on the measurement side, like you know, there's the traditional ways we can measure content, but I'm, I'm maybe more curious on like, is there anything that's like non-traditional, like ways that you have, or your teams have measured like the impact of your work um, previously or things that maybe you're thinking about um, heading into the future? I don't know. I, I feel like um, when it comes to content, just having sort of grown up in my career with it being a cornerstone, I don't know that I have any non-traditionals for you, Brett. And I would say that it is, I'm very much a believer in uh, understanding the buyer's journey if you don't understand it, you're just you're just swinging and missing constantly, and that's so frustrating as a marketer. It's just no fun, right? And then I do measure uh, performance of content based on the intent of that content within a buyer's journey. Mm-hmm. Full stop. And each measure, Brett, really depends on where the content is placed in the buyer's journey. Is that is that something that you would be looking at, like? on a scorecard, on a weekly, a monthly basis, like what's the frequency of uh, monitoring kind of that sort of that level of impact? Towards the bottom of the funnel, the frequency is more often. So you're looking at that monthly. As you work further up the funnel, your frequency of... So I'm looking at the data constantly. I'm a former finance person, right? I'm just very data-driven. Back back when I started into marketing, it was the, not the norm, right? Data, data, data-driven marketers. Now we're just... That's all of us, right? On some level. But so as you're, as you're towards the bottom of the funnel, I'm looking at it very often. And then as we're getting up towards the top of the funnel, less often. It doesn't mean it's it's less important. I actually would argue that top of funnel content is the most important, right? That is brand identity. That is awareness. That is positioning. Like that is the most important. It's that there's a long tail, longer term effect to top of funnel content. So measuring that really for me is kind of measurement arbitrage and measuring that mm. broadly over a rolling time period. So I'm measuring it with a quarterly lag and I'm seeing deltas between quarters. Hey, did our content strategy in Q2 help us in Q3 and Q4, mm-hmm. right? Yes, it did. Incrementally, it did. Or incrementally, it did not. And as you get closer to the bottom of the funnel, you know, sometimes be week by week. I love it. So maybe uh, kind of rounding the corner, but still focusing in on like content and brand activities and impact. I think 
a lot of what I've been hearing from marketers right now is this just shift in focus in terms of metrics. And it seems like there are content and brand oriented people that are now being measured on, you know, more revenue based metrics, whether it's, you know, meetings, pipeline, which is probably good at some level. But then I think the question is, is like, does this redirect our activity? Should we be, are we, we're having to focus on things where maybe you don't have the skills or not used to now based on just the desire from a business perspective to, you know, generate more revenue in our pipelines and we're all hands on deck. I guess like what's, what, what is the, the balance of someone coming in and having to change KPIs because we're down a little bit and changing roles a little bit, like, but not losing sight of like those brand activities that got us there. Um, like how, how do we have those sorts of conversations internally? Um, and like, just how do you navigate that just from a CMO perspective? I think it's a little easier for the CMO to have that conversation than it is for, you know, VP or director or staff. Like it's really, it's, it's tough. And it's, it's a hard conversation to have as the CMO as well, right? Because we're marketers, no matter what level, you're always having to sing for your supper, so to speak. Um, so we're always out there to kind of justifying our spend. Here's the, the way I would describe those conversations, which I would re- recommend nobody else have the conversation the following way, which is why would you sacrifice today's revenue for next year's revenue? Mm. Because that's what you're doing, right? And there's, you know, the other trend out there we got to talk about um, is the CRO's consumption of marketing, seeing it as sort of this one thing. And what, you know, in a, I've seen these cycles before, Brad, right? And it's happening is that stops because at some point it becomes more and more expensive to produce the next opportunity in the pipeline. It just gets more and more and more expensive. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're in, um, you know, if you're in tech, boy, the VCs measure everything and they'll see it, they'll catch it, right? And then you'll see their win rates go down. But quite often, you know, what we end up doing as leaders um, is we sacrifice the long term for the short term. I saw a post on LinkedIn recently that I wanted to respond to, but I felt like it would be such a violent response. <laughs> and it was from a CEO. It was from a, I won't say the name of the company, but from a, uh, an organization that was less than $5 million in AR, a lot of companies at that stage, saying, everybody in the executive team is a salesperson right now. Think about how you're going to generate new business. And I'm going, you're done. I'm going to look you up in a year. And you're going to be working somewhere else as a CRO or whatever you were originally, head of products, head of marketing. You're done because this is actually the time, Brett, where specialization is 90% of the battle. This is where, by the way, people get cheaper. Sorry, but we do. Uh, Content gets cheaper. You have more options and there's more talent in the marketplace. So great. Be short-sighted. Here's the conversation I I have. Be short-sighted. I'll be at a company that's growing. You're going to be here and this company is going to be shrinking. And it is that binary. It's that simple. I I have experienced being a part of a team where that message was delivered and the company is no longer around anymore. And as a matter of fact, it was, it it closed its doors uh, uh, less than a year from when that mandate was brought down. So that one uh, hit me, hit pulled, tugged at my heartstrings a little bit, Doug. And I think it's an important message because I think a lot of marketers are, are getting that right now. It's just like, and that's where some trepidation and stress and they feel like we're, you know, on an Island and it's like, what am I doing? And it, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of marketers out there listening right now who that probably is comforting to hear your message because it's something many of us are experiencing. Yeah. Hang in there, folks. It's a cycle. Um, and we get better. By the way, this is when we get creative as marketers. 
this is when we get better. I know it stinks right now. I do. I do. And I'm sorry people are experiencing this. People are experiencing layoffs. There's probably people listening in that are like, I don't have a job right now to worry about this, but we will get we will get scrappier as we go. But the key, the message I want to give to any CEO that's listening right now is don't chase the bottom of the funnel anymore. It, it didn't help you before. That's not going to help you after. I think I have plenty of clips to use on social just from that little thread. But I, I want to know just on the on the on the other side of that, I want to know in your mind, like what are the companies that are going to 2x, 3x in revenue doing right now or focusing in on right now that and that are that are going to allow them to grow and that aren't chasing the bottom? Like what types of things do you see these companies doing? Oh gosh, I I, I have to say, I feel like I'm, I'm always referring to this organization, but I'm so impressed by their CMO, Latne, and by Sixth Sense and would say like, the product's good. It's a good product, right? The data they have is good. It's good data and it's a good tool. Um, but they have leaned into content marketing as practice through their community and into their community in a way that I think we will be learning from for years and years, right? And so if you look at what uh, Latne uh, has done there, um, she has recognized recognized the importance of community marketing, right? So, you know, it's probably its own podcast, but what I would say is what they do is they say, look, we are participants in this marketing community and our job is to talk about all the things that are impacting uh, marketers as it applies to our core business model there, Right. So intent data was sort of a backwater until they started pushing this idea, not as a shill, but as uh, really a member of the community, like, hey, are you guys checking out intent data? A lot of other vendors were out there. That was four and a half years ago, right? Now, I mean, how many uh, CMOs listening in right now don't have intent data built into their marketing? <laughs> it's zero, right? So it, that is a great example of an organization who has really leaned in this idea of content marketing and community marketing to great effect. I love it. So I spoke with a marketer from Six Sense not too long ago, and he, congrats, Six Sense, you're getting some airtime air for free. But I thought it was interesting. She uh, was talking about I I was digging in because I had similar observations, and one of the things I talked about asked her about struggles with sales, and she goes, you know, "We don't have any struggles between marketing and sales." And I was like, "Oh yeah, right." Yeah. She was like, "No, we reorged and we've reorged into revenue teams, and sales and marketing are kind of in pods and one in the same, and kind of working together." And I thought, "Well, you know, I've heard this, but that's interesting that a, t- a company as successful as Six Sense is that's how they're operating internally." Do you have any perspective? Just like does does that? Do you think that helps? Like content marketing and helps content get used and become more effective when, you know, sales and marketing are kind of organized uh, like on the same team, or do you think that has no difference in impact? I'd love to hear your opinion just in terms of since you're a CMO sales marketing org. Yeah. And I've been a CRO before a really bad one uh, for anybody that worked for me during (laughs) that time. I miss you guys, but not, not, not the best sales leader, right? It's, it's a completely different job, right? Um, I would say, I mentioned the prior trend, which is CRO organizations absorbing marketing. Bad, right? But I, I would say, you know, I, I I just don't see, I feel like the division, whether or not people are working in pods or what have you, the division is a full failure to understand the buyer and the customer journey and who owns and is responsible for what portions of the buyer's journey. And by the way, the buyer's journey is shifting constantly. Mm. It's shifting constantly. And, and a shout out to marketers out there. We stay on top of it, right? We're on it. We get it. And we're measuring. Like I talked to a fellow CMO who went from measuring buyer's journey once every 18 months to every three months. It's changing that fast, right? So 
there, there is a failure and I to I'll scold marketers too. Like, you know, if, if, you know, Brett, you talked about before, if people didn't have their buyer's journey, I was like, you're done, you're dead. Right. So, and they're out there. I encounter them all the time. But I would say that if you are thinking marketing and sales are separate organizations, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. They are one organization divided by leadership, CRO versus CMO. Um, and that's where the conflict typically comes in, either because those two don't get along and see eye to eye, or there is just a misunderstanding of how you work on and manage the buyer's journey collaboratively. Or I'll throw this out there. Marketers, your job is not produce leads. That, I, it just it just mind blowing. It's like, oh, our MQL number was this. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm not gonna rent rant, rant I promise. <laughs> but it's like we hit our MQL numbers. You're like, well, hallelujah, good for you, right? It's like, so what? How much pipelines generate? How much revenue did the organization generate, right? And then on the on the sales side, hey, how good were you at interacting with? By the way, how do you understand the buyer's journey? And how good are you interacting with prospects when we deliver them in a timely mm. way, right? Are are you prepared? Do you have, are you enabled in the ways that you need to be, or are you just trying to find the, you know, the fastest deal you can find you're sloughing through a pipe? Like there's a partnership in other words. You're preaching to the choir over here, Doug. And I'm, I'm glad we're, uh, we're, we're bringing that up to the surface here. Maybe just closing out here. This has been a, a ton of fun and I've, I've learned a lot from you, but tying it back to just like ROI content, CMO, like what would your advice, like some, young marketer out there right now, like what is one thing that is in content? What is one thing that you'd recommend to them? And maybe it's to do with buyer's journey, maybe not, but just tying their their day-to-day work back to revenue outcomes and kind of making sure that's elevated with inside the marketing organization. Like what's one piece of advice that you'd give them? I'm going to give two. <laughs> we'll, ta- we'll take it. Okay. Okay. Uh, the first is recognize where your content's flow. Yes, you're right. Where is it landing in the buyer's journey? And, and just look, I'm, I'm no math whiz, right? But it's it's if you understand where you're in the buyer's journey, it's not hard to get the math part down, right? And, and so that's the very first thing. The second thing is start building your own brand, okay? Content marketers, I very much believe that in just a few years, content marketers, there will be people that are known for their content. And right now, we sit behind this corporate wall of the website and our brand and our voice, right? I think content marketers will be judged based on their ability to be authentic and the voice of the community. Do that now, please. Do your research. Get involved with the community. You're not just a writer. Guess what? You've joined a community. Understand if you're in RevOps, spend a lot of time with RevOps people. Live and breathe what they're doing, right? Wherever you are, ROI, you know what? That's math. <laughs> Where are you in the buyer's journey? That's it. Your career, my advice to you is build your own brand as being an authentic voice for the brand you work for. And by the way, because other brands are going to go, look at that. I want that. I want that. Because you know what? You're doing a job for your brand that you work for and for yourself. I believe it. And it's happening right now. Uh, So much good information shared. Doug, this was awesome. I'm glad we got to continue the conversation on a little bit of a different topic, but uh, learned a ton. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Love being on the show, Brett. Love talking shop. Love chatting with Doug, learned a ton. Go check out his podcast, Revenue Generators Podcast. Had a great time chatting with him on his show. Make sure you sign up for that event. How to answer the question, what's the ROI of our content program? March 9th, one o'clock. Be there, more modern day marketer on the other side. Take care.